I was a primary school teacher about half an hour into my first day of teaching and I thought to myself I don't want to do this I felt like I had spent years climbing a ladder only to realize it was up against the wrong wall I was coming home and I was having a real pity party for myself Kieran, with my mom who's always been my biggest fan still is to this day and she said what would you do for free and I had what was possibly the complete opposite experience to my first day as a teacher when I walked into this dank room in West London in a gym in the back room of a gym and I thought this is where I'm supposed to be over the next few years I moved online I've written four books three of them bestsellers one of my, my podcasts is one of the top health podcasts in the world in terms of download numbers but a lot of it came down to that what would I do for free and then pulling that thread and following that path Welcome to Let's Listen with Kieran McBreen. My name's Andrew and I'm here with Kieran today. How are you, Kieran? All good, Andrew. Thank you. Fantastic. Now, on today's show, we have Brian Keane and he doesn't really need any introduction, but for our listeners, tell us about Brian. Yeah, Brian, what a guy Brian is. Um, I think we were both quite um, impressed yeah, definitely. When, Brian just, uh, when Brian just jumped on to the, to the podcast and his energy, his enthusiasm, his knowledge was just fantastic. Um, lots of learning to take from Brian's show, Andrew. Brian is a personal trainer, but he's an entrepreneur. You know, he's got a fantastic business head. What I loved about Brian, my message from Brian was that if you can't do it, get somebody who can do it. Mm. You stick with what you're good at and the things you're not good at, don't stress about them. Just outsource. Yeah, absolutely. I really liked his comment that about the ladder so that it was a, you're climbing a ladder. Just make sure the ladder is up against the right wall. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, and talking about changes of directions and ladders and walls, we have some big news for season five, don't we? Yeah, you know, um, I'm now doing my business full time, Andrew, and loving it. Moving away from working with teenagers, still working with teenagers, you know, without a doubt. But um, lots of my time now is spent in the corporate industry where um, I'm delivering my workshops. You know, one is on positive psychology, one is on delivery of feedback, one is on general coaching skills. Everything is about the use of coaching skills and how to apply the skills in, in, in our everyday lives and in the working environment. And we're not messing around here, are we? We've had some big names on the roster, haven't we? Yeah, I've been very lucky, Andrew. You know, I've, I've delivered to BCG. I'm in PwC uh, in two weeks' time. Um, you know, love in Dubai. I did some training with there. So lots of, lots of... Um, good companies coming my way so please keep them coming uh, and if people do want to reach out and get in touch with you uh, what's the best way to do it yeah just my website from a professional perspective my website cmbcoachingandtraining.com uh, from a personal perspective I suppose my um, social media which my handle is at cmbcoachmcbrain and that is the book that is the one to one coaching that is the workshops that is the online videos yeah absolutely right enough of the shameless plugging let's get right into the show this is Brian Keane Brian Keane, thanks so much for coming on to a podcast today. How are you? Kieran, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to chatting. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got Brian Keane from Brian Keane Fitness. Brian, what have you come on to talk about today? My main goal today, as I mentioned to you, Kieran, right before we came on, is just to try and provide value in any way that I can, whether that's through expertise or through some of my experiences. I've been very fortunate with the way my life has gone over the last 10 years in particular, that any direction you want to go, I'm happy to go on. Fantastic. Brian, uh, you mentioned the last 10 years. I mean, you're very busy on social media. Your stuff is absolutely fantastic. What I love about your stuff, it's so relatable, so relatable. But just take us back. Where did it all begin? If we go back 
probably more than 10 years ago, 12 years ago to be exact, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I was a primary school teacher. So we actually have a mutual friend. We were talking about Noel Tui, um, an email Clive sent over the email, my assistant. And I was like, oh, it's Noel. And that's how we know it's on. We met in my undergraduate in Sligo. I did a business course and then went on to do a postgraduate in teaching in London. And I was actually a primary school teacher for four years, three and a half years. But I had a little bit of a, I would say, come to Jesus moment because I'm not religious at all. But I had done my four years undergraduate, one year postgraduate in London, walked into a teaching job in London because I was a male teacher into sport. I literally had a pick of jobs. And I was about half an hour into my first day of teaching, which was a year three classrooms with 37 year old kids in front of me. And I thought to myself, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a teacher. And I had what I've since used in books, the fitness mindset, my first one in particular, and I've now labeled it that I felt like I had spent years climbing a ladder only to realize it was up against the wrong wall. And fast forward four months later, that Christmas, I was coming home and I was having a real pity party for myself, Kieran, with my mom, who's always been my biggest fan, still is to this day. And I was complaining about my work. I was like, I hate it. And she asked me a question that I've since put to thousands of people at this stage between my podcasts and books and social media. And she said, what would you do for free? And I thought about it and I said, well, I never thought about that, but I would work in a gym for free. I was like, if I was cleaning the floor in a gym, I would be so happy just to be in that environment. And I started to pull on that thread and I realized that, you know, you could be a fitness trainer and a coach in a gym. And I went back to London the next month in January, I signed up to a level two fitness instructor course. And I had what was possibly the complete opposite experience to my first day as a teacher. When I walked into this dank room in West London in a gym, in the back room of a gym, and I thought, this is where I'm supposed to be. I was like, I don't know what it looks like, but I'm in the right place. My ladder is up against the right wall. I'm at the bottom of the ladder, but it's up against the right wall. And fast forward 12 years, I still worked as a teacher for two of those years. And I worked as a personal trainer in a gym at nighttime and at weekends. And in 2014, I made the jump and decided, well, I'm going to move back to Ireland. I moved back in with my mom and dad into this tiny little box room. My sister gave me a old little Toyota Yaris, one of those cars that when you close the front door, all four windows fall down. But it got me to the gym initially. And I said, okay, I'm going to give it six months. If the fitness personal training business as a full-time job doesn't work in six months, I'll go back and I'll try and get a teaching job for that September but it went better than I ever thought. It actually got to the point that I was so busy. I had to bring on other trainers underneath me to clear a waiting list. And over the next few years, I moved online. I wrote, I've written four books, three of them bestsellers. One of my, my podcasts is one of the top health podcasts in the world in terms of download numbers. I get to work with people in programs and do and work with people in courses and consulting that I would still do to for free to this day. I still follow that principle 12 years later. And I'm very fortunate with the things that have happened and the life that I've got to live with all the challenges that I get to do and the places I get to visit and the experiences I get to have. But a lot of it came down to that. What would I do for free? And then pulling that thread and following that path. Such a powerful question from your mother there. Um, it's not the usual mom son kind of conversation, you know, it's a fair play to her. She kind of ignited that within you. What would you say is your, you know, key ingredient, Brian? What makes you so successful? 
I think I'm quite clear thinking on what I want to do, who I want to be with, and where I want to spend energy. And from the outside looking in, it looks like I'm quite disciplined. And I would say I'm probably somewhat disciplined when it comes to the way that I eat, the way that I train, the way that I show up for my work and what I do. But I think I'm quite clear on what's important to me. I'm very clear on my values, my daughter, my family, serving people online and making sure that you know my whole profile on social is to try and make the internet a little bit of a better place because i'm here like there's so much negativity it's why i don't call out accounts it's why i'm not a prick to people online i don't want to add more fuel to that negativity fire on social so i have my north stairs that i work towards and i'm very clear and i don't go away from those even when there's external pressure to maybe do so to get more followers or, you know, earn more money or, you know, get different opportunities, I rather stick to my path. And I think that clarity, because success is such a subjective term, I think I'm successful because I've got a good balance. I have a great relationship with the people that are closest to me. I think if you ask any of the five or 10 people who I spend the most time with, they're all people who would have really nice things to say about me. And that's by design. I never wanted to be the person that, had a million followers or a hundred thousand followers or a big presence and their family hated them. So I stick with that. And I think as long as I hold those values consistently, all the other success that comes with it is nearly a byproduct because I'm actually focusing most of my attention on the things that, you know, are important to me. And weirdly they fall outside of a lot of the things that would be seen as external success when it comes to business, money, finances, challenges, fitness, physique, et cetera. So yeah, it's an interesting question, but, and probably a, a different answer to what was expected, but it's the truth for me. Yeah. Well, I actually love it. And I genuinely mean that. I think your answer is just uh, fantastic. And it's so grounded and it's so Irish and it's so passionate. You know, I really, really love it. Uh, and you, you highlighted, you know, you know, how do we measure success and there's different, you know, definitions of success. There's lots of young people chasing you chasing what you're doing, wanting your life, you know, and going to extreme circumstances to get there. Tell us, tell the audience a bit about the industry and maybe the challenges associated with the, uh, the fitness industry. Well, it's a great question, Karen, because one of the things I didn't know, and I'm going to be 36 in December, but one of the things that I didn't know when I was 26, 23, 22, was how important not only focusing on the outcome and the goal you're looking to achieve is, but the process as to how you get there. And I didn't understand that 10 years ago. I didn't understand that 12 years ago. And one of the biggest challenges people face in fitness and in life in general, I think, is the obsession with the outcome. And I put my hand up because that was me. I was obsessed with the outcome. I didn't care how I got there as long as I got there. And that was to detriment of my health at times. De definitely a detriment to my mental health at times because I was stressed out and anxious all the time. And that led me down a path of feeling very unfulfilled with what I was doing. And although I was rising in fitness and, and my name and my brand was building in the early days of it, it didn't really feel in alignment with what I should be doing. I initially came into the fitness scene through competitive bodybuilding and fitness modeling competitions and physique competitions and things along those lines. And my social media in particular in say 2015, when I was traveling around the world for photo shoots for things like magazines and uh, bodybuilding competitions and fitness model competitions, it was all me. 
and it was a selfie of me and it was a shirtless photo of me and it was a topless workout of me. And when my daughter was born in 2015, in May 2015, I was preparing for the Fitness Model World Championships in Vegas that August. And as soon as she was born, and I'd say it was within definitely two or three minutes of her being born, literally when they put into her arms, into my arms, I thought, I'm not bodybuilding anymore. I was like, I can't do this. I was like, I'm actually going to be a crap dad. I'm calorie depleted all the time. My body's aching from overtraining. I feel really undernourished. I'm going to be a rubbish dad. And I said, I'm going to do the show in Vegas. I did the show, came eighth. I said, if I came first, if I came eighth, if I came last, I'm out. And then from September 2015, I started to shift towards that philosophy that you find yourself when you lose yourself in the service of others. And I started to think about all the things I had knowledge in. And I had sports nutrition as a background, strength and conditioning. I was a qualified personal trainer. I said, I'm going to switch my content towards how can I help the people following me? And in this day and age, in 2023, 2024, one of the things that I won't say I pride myself in because pride always comes before the fall. But one of the things that I try and hold is I never want people to follow me. And if someone asks, why do you follow Brian Keane Fitness? They can't answer. And I think pre-2015, people wouldn't have had an answer for that. It would be like, oh, I don't know. He looks good. Might get a workout idea. I wouldn't know what the answer is. Whereas now I think it's very clear why people do because I'm either providing value or I'm bringing interesting conversations and people they don't know about. I'm potentially educating them towards a goal they're trying to achieve. And it's very clear that if you ask the people who follow me, there's a reason for it. And once I shifted my mindset towards that, my business grew, my fulfillment within the business grew. And now I do still, as I said, things that I would do for free. So it's an interesting dynamic because I think I've probably came full circle with it. And I think if I could go back, I would have cut the learning curve sooner and try to serve more people as opposed to just trying to serve myself. I think Zig Ziglar said that, that you'll get everything you want if you just you get everything you want in life if you just help people get what they want. And I couldn't believe in that more. Ryan, the, um, the PT industry has, has changed massively in the last 20, possibly 10 years. And uh, a PT 20 years ago was somebody who knew how to train, who knew a bit about nutrition, you know. But now you have to be everything. You have to, you know, your social media has to be top notch. You need, you need to know how to do a video, edit a video, captions all of this stuff, but essentially you have to sell yourself because if you cannot sell yourself, you're not going to have a company, a brand, a product. Tell us about your daily kind of routines around doing all this kind of stuff because I'm guessing when I see your work, you know, you're putting lots of time into this. I would say one of my superpowers is my focus and deep work on what I do because I actually don't work anywhere near as long as most people think from the amount of content I produce partly because I'm very clear on what I'm good at and I'm very clear on what I'm bad at. One of the beauties of being a terrible student in school is you get very clear, very quickly what you can do and what you can't do. It's, I think it's an entrepreneurial superpower to be terrible in school because you start to realize, okay, they're really good at math. Who's the person that can help me with the homework. You start to outsource at 15 <laughs> and 16 for the most part. And at age 36 or nearly 36, I have a team of people around me, freelancers, full-time staff, people who support me doing things that I can't do. So the things I do when you see showing up on podcasts, interviewing people, showing up on video, they're all things I do, coaching on programs. I have a business consultancy, the fitness business set up itself, and I have a business consultant where I help personal trainers and fitness businesses grow and scale either one-to-one -one or online. And that involves a lot of my time. I don't edit my videos. 
I don't do any of the backend website. I don't do any of the emails. You were chatting with my assistant, Clive, even setting this up. So outsourcing is something that I do with delegating. I either automate, eliminate, or delegate anything that I don't want to do. I break everything in my day into my desire zone and into my drudgery zone. Desire zone are the things I love to do. I love having conversations like this, recording on my podcast, showing up for videos, coaching people in programs. My drudgery zone is editing videos, replying to email, doing tech and back-end website work, stuff I hate. So I either automate, eliminate, or delegate all of those things. And it's partly one of the reasons why I'm able to do as many things as I do, because they don't really feel like work to me. So what does your daily routine look like, Brian? It changes a little bit. I'm, I used to be very militant on a morning routine, but as you probably know yourself, Kieran, the longer you're doing something, the more automatic it becomes, the less you think about it. I train five days a week, depending on what I'm training for. I do ultra endurance events, adventure races, things along those lines. So sometimes I'm training for a race, so it can change. But I train in the morning fasted. That's something that's a non-negotiable for me. I get up early, either 5, 5.30, 6 a.m., I drive to the gym, which is an hour, intentionally an hour so that I can listen to a business podcast on the way. I work out for an hour. I normally do a sauna after. I then drive home for an hour so that I can listen to an audio book all by design. I have a gym in my house and I can train from home. So I have a setup, but I intentionally do the drive just so that I can use those. I learn better in the morning. As a teacher, I used to learn a lot. I, was, I, I did a third of a master's for pedagogy about learning styles. And I learned how people have different times of the day when they're able to retain information better. Morning is my learning time. So I hijack that with a podcast in the morning and an audiobook after. And then I train in between. And then my day starts around nine o'clock. And then that's when I do my creative work. First two hours of the day is normally recording videos, recording a solo podcast, writing a blog, writing a chapter of a book. And then the rest of the day is reactive stuff after those first two or three hours when I've kind of depleted that creative zone. That's a non-negotiable. It's my one thing every day that I do. And then it's talking on podcasts, client calls, checking with mentees or business consulting people I'm doing consulting with, uh, corporate talks, speaking. There are things that I do later in the day. And then that's kind of my Monday to Friday routine. And then my weekends are off. I have a very good balance in this day and age. It took years. Like I think you need a little bit of micro imbalance for macro balance. I would have been extremely imbalanced for probably the first six years of moving online because you have to, you're still learning it. It's still new. I didn't have mentors who were in the online space because I was one of the first that moved into that space in terms of the online. So the path hadn't been paved before me. Whereas now it's easy because I can pay mentors and I can go to conferences and people are doing it and that they know the traffic, they know the conversions, all these things are done. So you can learn from those people. I couldn't do that six, seven, eight years ago. So I had to do it myself. So my routine has changed, but now I would say I have a much more of a balance when it comes to my self-care, my creative work, my reactive work. And then obviously my few hours off during the day, which is family time or time with friends or, you know, making sure that I'm able to prioritize the relationships that are most important to me. That sounds great, Brian. And I'm um, very detailed. Commitment and dedication is clearly, you know, a massive value of yours. And, you know, I'm thinking of your, your clients, your type of client, the people who approach you, and one of the reasons, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the reasons people get a PT on board is because maybe they're lacking a bit of commitment and motivation. You know, tell us about your clients, the type of people you're dealing with and what needs they're after. It's interesting because I have three types of clientele that I work with. One is in my BKF online program, which is my general fitness program. That's your, I always tell the entrepreneurs that I'm working with that 
there and that's the program where the people are buying me as a coach they're the only reason they're signing up because there's a million personal trainers out there and online coaches out there but the people who are signing up to my bkf online which is my scale fitness program are people who are buying into me for whatever reason they know that i have the knowledge to help them they know that they'll get what they need i also have a 100 refund policy in all my programs because my goal i'm way past the point of finance has been an issue that I want to get the right people in so that I can serve them. And if it doesn't, I'm the first to be like, here's a refund and here's a coach who might actually better help you and serve you. So that's my BKF online program, my GA Lean Body program, which is my favorite program. Like that's the program that I created for the me of 24. The how do I get stronger, fitter, faster and get abs and build muscle and do it all together. And that program is something that, you know, even long after I'll ever need to earn any more revenue. I'll still keep in some capacity because I love working with that clientele. It's the me, it's the 24, 25 year old me. Although people range from 17 to 36, 37 in that program and beyond. It's the driven athletes who want a combination of goals hit. And then the third is, is personal trainers, that business consultancy that I set up six months ago where I'm working with either personal trainers trying to grow their business or personal trainers who are trying to move online or online trainers trying to grow and scale. So I'm in a very fortunate position where I get to work with businesses. That's a lot more hands-on because it's the, it's the newest business. My fitness businesses, I've got people that run a good chunk of that with the exception of my coaching in a scale capacity. It's ran in a very systematic way because I've been doing it for 10 years. The business consulting still has a lot more hands-on with me because it's a new branch that we've created over the last six months testing for 12 months, but built it over the last six. So they're the three types of clientele that I work with. So they fall into different brackets. And as you probably noticed, they're completely different. There's no real overlap for the most part, but that's what keeps my day-to-day -day interesting. Otherwise I get really bored if I just focus on one better business advice is to focus on one and just go deep on it. But I get really bored if that's what I do. I can't stay as creative with creating content. I need multiple things running and juggling multiple things for me to stay creative so that's part of the reason why it runs that way that's fantastic brand that's a really good self-awareness there that's, you know you know what works for you and 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 where you want to go with it all you know creating this masterpiece you know whatever whatever way you want to put it cannot you know it can't have been easy what challenges did you experience in your journey my biggest challenge, I experience loads because I think sometimes when you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, like you're basically just a firefighter putting out multiple fires every day. But the biggest challenge I had, to be honest, Kieran, was just the belief in it. I think the biggest struggle, and I've said this before when it comes to weight loss, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to business, going from zero to one is way harder than going from one to 10 figuratively. And getting the business off the ground for me, because it took me three attempts, I went broke twice trying to get my business off the ground just from doing stupid things. Like the second time was the only time in my life. And I went and I rented out a gym in Shepherd's Bush in West London. I had branded kit, branded gear, the whole lot and no clients like look the part wasn't the part. And it was the first time in my life ever when my bank account read zero, 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 zero. That was the only time ever where it read after, like I didn't even have enough to take a tenner out. And I went down the back of my couch in London in West London at the time to get money for the bus so that I could get to the bank to get an overdraft to pay my rent that month. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm done. This isn't me. I'm not going to be able to run a business. I'm not an entrepreneur. I just need to go back teaching. So I went tail between my legs, took a teaching job in London again. And just by chance, about a month into it, 
one of the girls who was a teacher in the classroom across from me was preparing for a wedding and was like, look, you're a personal trainer. Will you prepare me for my wedding? And I was like, oh, I don't really do that anymore. And she was like, look, I'll pay you in cash. You know, the girl could have come after me now for my 20 quid cash in hand from London yeah. from 12 years ago or whatever it was. But she's like, I'll pay you in cash. We can do it in the park. You don't need any equipment. Just I, I hate training. I hate fitness and I need somebody to help me. So I said, okay, I'll help you. And she got ridiculous results, looked amazing on her wedding day. And it gave me that core confidence that, oh, I'm actually, it's not that I'm bad at fitness and personal training. I'm just a terrible business owner. I don't know how to run a business, which is literally the amount of personal trainers I see. It's so common. They're great at the craft, terrible at running business. So I started to educate myself on that. So my biggest challenge came with a combination of the belief that I could do it mixed with not knowing how to run a business because once I got up and running and once I moved back to Ireland and had that waiting list and brought trainers underneath me, all the challenges felt like they were good challenges. They didn't feel like they were setbacks. They felt like they were potentially something to learn from. And it's been like that for the last 10 or 11 years. And I think when your ladder is up against the right wall, your framing and the way you see the situation changes completely. So I would say my biggest challenge was in the initial stages going from zero to one compared to going from a figurative one to 10. And just on that, Brian, uh, you know, what advice would you give to young people, you know, men and women out there who, who aspire to be doing what you're doing? I would say, particularly when it comes to doing what I'm doing, you're never, and I've used this line, I've had Joe Wicks on my podcast, the body coach, and I've had James Smith on my podcast, who's a very successful business owner and author as well. And they're two examples I use because they're two completely different people in the fitness industry. Joe is very, you know, positivity and, and you know, by his own admission, a bit vanilla to people, whereas James is very argumentative and, and splits people like Marmite. And something I've told my personal trainers and entrepreneurs, you'll never out Joe Wicks, Joe Wicks, and you'll never out James Smith, James Smith. Same way as you'll never out Brian Keane, Brian Keane. And I think the best advice I would offer is you have to lean into you and lean into your story. And you might think it's super boring, but it's your truth and it's your reality. And it's the thing that's going to allow you to connect with people. Things that I've struggled with in my life, mental health, being like I was a suicidal teen, I've talked about this on my podcast, serious issues with mental health, disordered eating patterns off the back of bodybuilding, body dysmorphia off the back of that, all these things that to me, I won't even say felt boring, but I didn't feel comfortable sharing were the things that actually brought people into my ecosystem and brought them closer to me. And when I started to lean into that, and it doesn't have to be that extreme, my GA Lean Body program of, you know, this is the program I wanted to create and I needed for the me of 24 that gave me a whole business model and program to run off. So I think leaning into your story, because there's this, if you think of a Venn diagram and I get all my business that I work with to do this, you want to ask, well, what's different about you? Why should people work with you? What's your area of expertise where you can serve them? And how's, how are you going to communicate that with people? And once you hit those three things, it's just a consistency game after that because you have something uniquely you that's going to help people. The same as if you put me working with perimenopausal women, I just wouldn't have the same interest to learn about that. I'm interested in it to a degree, but to specialize in it, it's not my space. But you tell me to work with a GEA player who wants to get a six pack and get faster and blitz and get onto their first team. I'm all in on that. So not everybody has that response. So you're looking for that 
feedback on what gets you excited when you think about a particular space within fitness and then you follow that road. Ryan, you mentioned your mental health. What do you do for your own self-care? How did you overcome these challenges you mentioned? A long road, a very, very long path when it came to a lot of it was anxiety more so than, and I've had stages of environmental depression, all nearly all self-inflicted from making stupid choices, being around bad people, doing things that I knew made me feel worse when it came to drugs and alcohol and escapism, stupid decisions. But a lot of it was anxiety and just constantly overthinking. My self-care is something that's a high priority now. Training is a big one for me, but training within a certain zone because I can overtrain very quickly. So with the exception of strategic overtraining in the lead up to a race, I back right off the rest of the year if my body needs it because that stress response can make me really anxious and makes a lot of people really anxious. It's just a physiological response of your cortisol and stress hormone being way too high. So I look at my training. I look at things like heat exposure in the sauna, cold exposure, nourishment and nourishing food, my sleep, massive, something that I just completely didn't prioritize until I probably turned 26, 27. I was a team no sleep person, which is as stupid as you can get when I think back. And I just do those things consistently now. I'm very aware of my inner circle. If there's an emotional vampire, if somebody's given me a yellow or a red flag with their energy, whether they're a family member or a friend, I spend very little time with those people. So I don't get drained by things that are out of my control. They're all things that deplete me by intention. I'm training hard. I'm being super present with loved ones. I'm putting time and energy into my work. I'm getting depleted in a way that I want to get depleted in because it's serving a greater purpose, not because something external or somebody external is taking it from me. And once I do those things consistently, my mental health stays pretty good. Really great answer, Brian. And um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there can resonate. And, and you know, I find a lot of times that people, when it comes to mental health and, and, and the things that they can do for themselves, until they try these things, they don't see the results. You know, people are very skeptical. You know, I mentioned a lot about breath work, you know, the, the ice baths, just simple exercise, but it helps so much. And, you know, you got to give it a go. You got to try it. Ryan, before you go, what's next for you? It's interesting because if you asked me, Kieran, five years ago, 10 years ago, I could always tell you what was next in life because I was always working towards a big goal. And with the exception of the business consulting and building that up, which has me very excited. I've, I'm very selective with the people I work with and that's just because I'm, I'm in a very fortunate position financially where I don't have to worry about money. I can pick and choose who I want to work with. So growing that, releasing the next book, which I'm working on, although it's a struggle, like I'm at the really messy point where I'm trying to figure out a title and tie it all together. And the last hurdle and the last two or three hurdles of a book is always really tricky i've written four this would be my fifth and those two things right now have me most excited so they're the focus for next but as long as i'm waking up every day and i'm jumping out of bed because i'm excited what i'm doing and i'm enjoying that process that's the thing that ultimately is most important to me Ryan, all your answers were just top notch and uh, I could talk to you all there. loads of stuff i wanted to cover the rugby the gta everything but maybe another time Brian, how can people find you? Uh, thanks so much, Kieran. Yeah, 100%. Round two, we'll talk all GA, rugby, yeah. and everything. Uh, <laughs> for those who want to find me, uh, the Brian Keen podcast is where I get to chat to incredible people. I've had some of the world's top performers on there when it comes to athletes, New York Times bestselling authors, and just people that 
I'm blessed to have conversations with. And in my Instagram, Brian underscore Keen underscore fitness, I'm on there. I put out real, I put out content. Anyone that wants to hit me up on DM, you'll get me directly on there too. Fantastic, Brian. You're an absolute inspiration to many people out there. I'm sure your uh, lecture is back at Sligo IT and today. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Kieran. All the best, Brian. Take care. You too, mate. Hi, it's Andrew here. Kieran's off building CMB coaching and training. But before you go, it would really help us if you could like and subscribe to the show and go on to wherever you get your podcast from and leave a five-star review and some comments. Thanks a lot. See you next time.